0: Praise the Lord. This is Pastor Johnson from Lady Church. Thank you for downloading our podcast. We are so glad we could connect with you through this podcast. Please ensure you subscribe to receive new messages every week. We pray this podcast builds your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and motivates you to live a life of excellence for the glory of our Lord. Thank you for your support. Enjoy the message. Today, I want to learn with us about God's word. Jesus, our Lord, is God's word. Jesus is God's word. Jesus is God's word. When you look at Jesus, you see God's word. And when you really look at God's word, you see Jesus. Whether it's the Old Testament or the Old Covenant of God or the New Covenant of God called Testament. Testament means testimony, witness. Uh, whether it's the old contract of God or the contract is a wrong word whether it's the old covenant of God or the new covenant through Christ Jesus it all points towards Jesus our Lord and so I want us to look at God shall we start with John chapter 1 let's look at John chapter 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. See, God's word suddenly becomes a person. In English, word is a thing. It doesn't have a gender. It's neither masculine nor feminine. But the word in the scripture violates, supersedes the rules of grammar and says, he, all things were made by logos, the written word of God. Many people, especially the other day, I was reading this book uh, and, and I was looking at the wrong interpretations, wrong interpretations. I would personally suggest you guys should not read this kind of books I have to read this book because it's a part of my job. But otherwise, it's, it's not good for Christian life. Some of these books are pretty controversial, and, and they're basically wrong. And, and, and they hope that, and, and in fact, the authors write it in a controversial way, so it'll sell more, you know. Now, but the, the sad thing is, end of the day, it, it sells, but people believe it. And that's the problem. So this is a book that says that it's not God, it's energy. And it's built on mythologies and Eastern religions and Oriental thinkings. And they say that it's not, it's not God, it's energy. There is no person as a God. And they're trying to establish that. It's just a superpower. It's just an energy. And they say, look look at energy. What, what's energy? The first law of energy, first law of thermodynamics. Few minutes, can I take you to physics class? Okay, is it Okay. I mean, to understand the Bible, we need to have some education because God's word is God's word. So a little bit of science can help, you know. So so what is the basic law of energy? They say energy can neither be created nor destroyed. They say you can't create it, you can't destroy it. It can only be changed from one form to the other. They say energy is everywhere. And and the funny thing is they have no problem believing it. Now if you ask them who created energy, they say, hey, nobody has to create energy. Energy was always there. Now they're trying to say, God is nothing but energy because what is the definition of God? God was always there. He can't be created, he can't be destroyed. He can change his form from one to the other and he is everywhere. So God is the same as energy. And so people like to believe in that superpower, that almighty power. They believe we are nothing but energy vibrating at a certain frequency. We are illusions. (laughs) Metaphysics. How many of you, uh, how many of you got electric shock? You were repairing a fan, you touched a wet switch, or somehow you got electric shock, you got a shock. Can I see hands answer I... <laughs> Super, thank you. I, I'm glad because I know I'm not saying something no one can relate with. Now, please don't go experiment to feel <laughs> it's dangerous. It's dangerous, don't, don't get a shock, it, it can be deadly. People can die of electrocution. So, <clears throat> when you, when you, when you, Touched electricity accidentally. I want to ask you one more question. If you don't mind, raise your hand again. When you touched electricity, did you get hurt? Yes, yes, you get hurt. Right. What's the proof you got hurt? You didn't continue touching it, right? (laughs) That's the proof. You got hurt. That's why you pulled it back. Did electricity say, I'm sorry, I hurt you. I'll try not to do it again. Did did electricity feel bad? No. Because energy has no feelings. I'm, I'm driving something very important here. Energy has no feelings. And second, energy has no intelligence. Energy cannot think for itself. Now, we all understand the... Relativity, at least parts of it, that mass and energy are nothing but two sides of the same coin, that enough energy can be condensed into some substance and enough substance can be converted into some form of energy. We understand that. Relativity, we understand that. But energy cannot feel, energy cannot think. So there is a problem. Suppose I take some aluminium, aluminium, and I take some iron, and I take some steel, and I take some glass, and I take little rubber, and I take, uh, I take, you know, maybe some leather, leather. I put all these things in one place, and I, I, I leave it in one place, and I take a walk. And I come back after 10 years, will this iron and this aluminium and this rubber convert itself into a Mercedes-Benz? Will they gather together and the rubber say, hey, let me become the tire and aluminium says, no, I'll become alloy wheel and the iron says, I'm going to become a cast iron engine and the steel says, I'll be the claddings and the glass says, I'll be the windows. It will never because they don't have an intelligence. It takes an intelligent designer to take those things and create it into something meaningful. Energy cannot think. Energy cannot feel and because it cannot feel, it doesn't have morality. It doesn't have moral. It doesn't have justice. There's no judiciary in energy. There is no justice system in energy. There's nothing called right or wrong. Whether you uh, create a fusion or fission reaction in an atom nuclear bomb that kills millions of innocent people, or you use a fission fusion reaction for creating clean energy, it can't think. Energy can't think. It can't feel, and because it can't feel, there is no right or wrong. Feelings are important. If a man beats a woman, it's wrong. And if a woman beats a man, it's still wrong. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, when a man beats a woman, there is a law against it. But when a woman beats a man, <laughs> why? There's no law against it. Why? Because people feel the reality. The reality is when a man beats his bigger, stronger, has greater strength than the woman and so it's unfair for a stronger to beat up a weaker. It's basic common sense morality. It comes because of feelings. It comes because of higher level of intelligence. Energy doesn't have that. And therefore, energy does not work with the law of evolution. Law, sorry for saying law. It's not a law. It's a postulate. It's an idea. It's a thought. It's a, it's a dream. Evolution means everything will get better from, from its Fundamental raw material, it will evolve to something better. It's just a thought, it's an idea. You will never see a cheetah running faster than other cheetahs because it trained itself better. No, there's nothing called evolving. But you will see people doing that. Why? Because entropy is a law, randomness, corruption is a law. Nothing evolves. According to science, nothing evolves. Everything is under the law of entropy and is reducing itself to its lowest common denominator. That's why we are talking about environment, climate change. We're talking about protection because things are getting crazy. It's getting worse. It takes an intelligent designer to create things. And energy... Cannot bring moral law. How did we get moral law? Because a creator put it into our minds. A creator put us together. The creator doesn't have to be a stranger to you and me. You can call him Abba Father. He's a person. He's a person. And this is something so important to understand. Because deception is so... See, the thing is, people like to believe what they like to believe. People don't really care about facts. They like to believe what they like to believe. They like to believe what feels good to them. That's the, that's the reality. <laughs> people don't like to believe in God. They like to believe in a superpower. They, but God, they don't like. Because if you, if you believe in a superpower... It's funny, you know, you ask a fellow, where did energy come from? It was always there. How can it be always there? Hey, it was always there. I believe it was always there. Tell the same fellow, God was always there. How can he be always there? They have no difficulty in believing in the existence of an energy without creation, but they want to doubt a God who could have existed without creation. Because it's the attitude of mind. It's the disposition of the mind. That's why God will never be wrong when he judges people, because ultimately their decisions are not based on facts, their decision based on their own convictions and their conveniences. That's the truth. I was telling you people like to believe in a superpower. Why? Because then they don't have to worry about answering to a God. They can live as they want. Why? Some superpower, leave it. But you think about a God, oh no, now what I do, is it right or wrong? Is the way of thinking right or wrong? You know, the minute God comes into picture, whole life gets affected. So people like to think, there is no God. This is all religion, culture, tradition. God is all superpower. But there is a problem. One big problem people can't overcome is death. Everyone knows we will not end with earth. They know when we end on the earth, we will continue beyond the earth. That sense people have. So philosophies come into picture. Some people say we will come back in some other form. After 10,000 years gap, we'll come back. There are different philosophies. Some people say immediately we will come back in some other way. You know, what you've done in your past will kick in. So many different, different, different thoughts. The Bible clarifies the day you were born, all right? Oh, let's look at it. Let's go to verse number four and five. In him was life. Let's read again. In him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. The word of God was the light and the life of human beings. There is a natural life and there is a spiritual life. There is a natural life. Human life is a natural life. It is the consequence of natural birth, biology. That's life. Then there is a zoe life. Zoe is a Greek word. There's a a spiritual life. That's the life of God in us, which lives beyond the grave. Now that life, God created in each of us. There is a time when the biological life starts in the womb of a mother and then there is a spiritual life that starts in that person. And that spiritual life is an eternal life. The biological life is a temporary life. Okay, so where were we before the spiritual life began? We were always there. We were a life that was a thought, a plan in the mind of God. And God gave us an identity in the body. And that pastor, there are so many questions. I know, keep coming. We'll keep answering once in a while on Sundays. We'll touch these important points with Sunday. Every Sunday you come, we'll see how the Lord leads us. You can't preach 66 books of the Bible in one Sunday. If there is a church like that, I don't think anyone will attend also. Because it will never close such a church. Sunday will go on week after week, month after month. They can't close on a Monday, Tuesday because the wisdom of God's word is amazing. It's just crazy. And see, why I believe the Bible, I'll tell you. Today, so many gurus are coming saying, I'll tell you what will happen. I know what will happen. These fellows, when they die, they'll never come back. There's only one who died and came back to tell the story. I'll believe him, I will believe him, not anybody else. My mother didn't raise a fool. (laughs) Why do you want to study from a 10th standard failure on 12th standard maths? Was that hard to understand? Why do you want to study maths from a 10th standard failure, especially when it's maths of 12th standard? Fellows who have not been able to prove anything apart from ordinary, why believe them for extraordinary? Let one of them die, be buried, come back after three days, hang around, talk to all of us, we'll understand. Not in dreams and all coming back, (laughs) real life. We'll believe. So somebody died in public capital execution. This is not secretly going and committing suicide. This is public capital punishment crucified by the Romans on the streets of the high point of Jerusalem. Outside the walls of Jerusalem on the mount called Calvary. Recorded in Roman history. And they put special... Legion soldiers to watch over his grave because the Jewish people, they said that his disciples will steal the body. So the king ordered special legions on duty for three days because the Jewish people said three days this body has to be taken care of. So three days they protected the body. On the third day, the Romans wrote the history that soldiers could not protect the body when it came alive and walked out. So I rather believe... I'd rather believe a written history than to believe somebody who claims to have got some enlightenment <laughs> half the time is on drugs. Now the point is really sad, I tell you, some of these things. Anyway. Anyway, you know I'm not talking about any Indian person. Now <laughs> we, <laughs> we have a natural body which is temporary and we have a spiritual spirit in us which is us and that is beyond the body and, and many people think that the only way to die, now I was talking about death because some people say if death was not there we wouldn't believe in God, probably yeah. Now, some people think to die you have to grow old, you have to uh, become sick, and then finally heart or kidney or something goes off and then we die. I want to tell you something. You can live long, healthy life, and when you die, you don't need to be sick to die. See, you have to understand the word of God. God's word says you don't have to be sick to die. When it is time for you to die, Abraham was 175 years old, Jacob was I don't know how old. When these guys had to die, I have seen pastors, I have been the bedside of some saints of God for whom it was time to die. They sat on the bed, they called the family together, prayed for them, lied down, said it's time to go, and they went. No cardiac problem, no brain problem, no health problem. They God told Moses, it's time to die. He climbed up the mountain. Last trip, he said, let me do a trekking, God. 120-year-old fellow climbed up the mountain. <laughs> he climbed up the mountain, told everyone, bye, I won't see you again, I'm going to die. Where are you going? Going to die. kissed everybody goodbyes, blessed Israel, read out Deuteronomy chapter 24 onwards, blessings on Mount... Uh, uh. One mountain, curses on the Mount Ebal, he, he read the blessings of God and the curses of God, gave instructions, said, I won't see you again. Okay, I'm going, I'm going. I won't join the promised land with you guys. The next leader, God will raise up, but I'm leaving you guys here across Jordan. You will get into the promise. Gave instructions and walked to the mountain. And the Bible says, on the mountain, in the presence of God, he died. No sickness. So this whole thinking... Of sickness, remove it from your mind. Now then don't go and eat all the oil and the ghee and say, I won't be sick, see. You have to take care of yourself, that is there, you know, you have to take care of yourself. So there is a temporary body and there is an eternal spirit. And some people say, God is so cruel and rude, why is he sending some people to hell? Can't he take everyone to heaven? See, I want to ask you something. God cannot force people. God doesn't force people. You know, those who reject Christ, those who reject Jesus. Okay, let's read another scripture. Verse number 10 to 12. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received them not. But to those, I love this, as many, but as many, that word as many means limitless, unlimited. You know, Peter, James, John, Andrew, the people who touched the cross of Calvary, those who ate from Jesus, those who were with Jesus, what salvation they had, that same quality of salvation you and I have in Jesus. As many. Oh, I love that word. As many. Hallelujah. If you buy a new car, its quality is much better. After 10 years, quality goes down. Everything quality goes down with time. But the power of the cross of Calvary. As many. As many. Oh somebody give him a mighty hand. I tell you. As many. Hallelujah. Okay let's read. But as many as received him. To them he gave power. To become the sons and daughters of God. Even to them that believe on his name. God made it free for everybody. Salvation is free. You don't pay for your salvation. Salvation is free. God, every important thing, God made it free. Your birth is so valuable. Did you pay anybody anything for that? Hospital bill is different. (laughs) For oxygen, do you pay? For sunshine, do you pay? Everything God has given is free. It's the human administrations and governments that collect money. It's human transactions that collect money. God is a free giver. Salvation, he gave it free. Hallelujah. But God cannot force people to go to heaven. If somebody doesn't want to go to heaven, God will not force them. What about people who don't know Jesus? Why are you worried? God is a God of justice, He'll take care. Heaven is not some small BBMP area where all are trying to get into. Heaven is huge, large. There's enough place for everybody. That is God's lookout, He'll take care. But though let us worry about where we go. <laughs> You you don't look in the bus stand where others are going. You look at whether your bus is coming. You check where you're going. That is important. The Bible says, as many received him, to them he gave power to be called sons and daughters. God doesn't force. Now, if somebody rejects Christ, God cannot force them to go to heaven. God doesn't force. I had a friend. He's in New York today. (laughs) One day he came and he was crying. He cried like a baby, he cried, his hanky, I could squeeze with his tears and juice. (laughs) He was crying. Then I gave my hanky also, he cried a lot and he was not talking. He's my friend from many years. He was my friend, he was coming to our church. He's not from Bangalore. He came here to finish his education and get a work. And so he got to work and he was a part of the church. He was very active, very committed. And he's crying. I said, fellow, I know good things happen. So he said, finally he got talking. He says, yeah. So I thought he's crying because he has to leave the church. So I thought, let him cry, you know. But uh, I mean, let it come out of him. But uh, then he says, no, no, no. So I asked him, what's the problem? He said, pastor, you know, marriage is fixed. Girl is from New York. I said, then I thought, okay, maybe he's crying because he's scared, no? Yankee girl. So I said, hey, don't worry, man. All ladies, all the same. Just love them, care. Everything will be fine. He said, no, that's not the problem. And what is your problem? He says, I'm crying because my father-in-law has fixed a software job for me. Then I told him, why are you crying for that? That's a good thing. Fellows go overseas and are hunting for job. You have already got one. Your father-in-law to be, the man who's going to be a father-in-law, so influential, you already got a job, that's good. He says, Pastor, I never told you, I never told anybody, I don't know software. (laughs) I said, you don't know software, he's a M-Tech software. He said, Pastor, I didn't want engineering. This mother of mine pushed me into engineering. I finished my B-Tech. I finished my M-Tech. Only fasting and prayer, Pastor. (laughs) I said, but now you're working as a software engineer. He said, no. I'm working in a software company. I am not doing software. Nobody knows this. How to tell my father-in-law, what will I do there, Pastor? I tell you. No Bible college can train you for a real pastoral life. (laughs) What you meet in real pastoral life, sometimes it's very difficult. I'm not joking. Sometimes it's very difficult. Anyway, I gave him some advice. It worked. (laughs) Holy Spirit helps, you know. He gives the wisdom to hand. God has solution for everything. Everything God has solution. Amen. If you, for solution, if you look at stars, you'll end up with stars. But if you look to God, you'll end up with solutions. Amen. So, God is not like Indian fathers and mothers do medicine, do engineering, no. God will not force anyone to go to heaven. If somebody doesn't want to be… a ch- See, heaven is God's home. For his family. So God cannot force those who reject him into the family. No, God can't do that. That is tannery road. (laughs) Oh, I love that scripture. In him was life. In this word, in this logos. In this word was life. And this life was the light of men, and the light shineth. Put up that fifth verse again, please. And the light shines, verse 5, verse 5. And this light shines in the darkness and darkness. You know what? It doesn't matter how dark the atmosphere is getting around. Sometimes I ask people with political connections. I ask people with educational backgrounds. I ask people with business backgrounds. How is the thing around us? And sometimes I get such a negative feeling and I pray about those things. I I try to figure out what's going on. Pray about the media people in our church and ask the media people, what's going on? How are things looking? And then I go home, I pray, God, change things. Sometimes we get worried, but one thing I want to promise you God's Word says to us it doesn't matter how strong the darkness gets it doesn't matter how large the darkness gets God has commanded one thing and it won't change the light will shine above the darkness the light in you will shine brighter oh go ahead give the Lord a big hand hallelujah light shineth in the darkness and darkness cannot comprehend it. Verse 14. And the word, the Logos, was made flesh. And we dwe- and he dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory as the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. If you take a lemon and squeeze it, what do you get? Lemon juice. Musambi, if you squeeze. From the empty womb of Mary to the tomb that became empty, they squeezed Jesus. And what came out was grace and truth. Grace and truth. Hallelujah. Grace and truth. Amen. Truth for knowledge and freedom. Grace to live in the truth. Strengthening, empowering, grace and truth. Come to Jesus. Not the Jesus of the photo in the purse. Not the Jesus, a statue in the church. Come to Jesus, the word. Believe in Him. Don't believe in the candlelight you put in front of His photo. It won't give you salvation. Believe in Jesus the Word. In Him, not in His photo, in Him was life. Come to Him. Come to Jesus. Hallelujah. And the Word became flesh. And dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory. Oh, his glory. How, how is Jesus' glory? How, how does Jesus' glory look? In the Old Testament, his glory was like a cloud. And people could see his glory like a cloud that was shining. They could see his glory. Many people think Jesus had glory around his head. Like a halo. Hallow. Around his head. If he went close to Mother Mary, she would get the halo. If he went to Joseph, he would get the halo. No, Jesus had no halo on his head. He was so normal and ordinary that people searched for him and couldn't find him. In fact, when they wanted to arrest him, they had to bribe one of his disciples to point him out because he looked so normal. There was no halo around his head. Those are artistic perceptions to explain a divine concept. And then the artist drew it around everybody, you know. <laughs> Depending on the maturity level of the artist. Versions and perversions are many. But anyway, the intention is to honor Christ in the image. So that's why they put a halo. But there was no such halo around. It's not like wherever Jesus went, one halo was around his head. No, nothing. He was so normal. What would Jesus wear today if he came to church? Normal, decent dress. That much I know. Jesus. How did he reveal his glory? When you study the word of God. Let's go. John chapter 2 verse 11. Let's read. This is the beginning of miracles that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth to his disciples his glory and his disciples believed. Oh, this is funny. He, believed, he showed his glory to everybody, but who believed in him? Only disciples. because see, only they have the attitude to believe. Everybody I will say, that's another religion. See, only those who want to believe will believe. You can't force anyone to believe. You can give them facts of the matter. Holy Spirit has to touch them and they should have a humble heart to receive the truth. Anyway, Jesus, how did he reveal his glory? I'll give you the story. This is the first miracle he did. There was a wedding and they invited Jesus. All married people, every day invite Jesus in your marriage. Amen. Invite Jesus to your marriage. Unmarried people, don't marry somebody where Jesus cannot come. Someone who doesn't honor your Jesus, don't invite them to your marriage and don't marry them. Marry only the person whom you know will honor Jesus when you invite him into your marriage. Married people, invite Jesus every day in your marriage. When Jesus comes into your marriage, because every marriage needs miracles at some time or the other. In every marriage, wine will run out. This is non-alcoholic wine. <laughs> in every wine represents joy, happiness, love, and etc. So in every marriage, sometimes wine runs out. It's a, it's a fact of life. Bible commands: men love your husbands, love your own wife. But sometimes with our stress at work, you know, our duties, and then by the time we go home, we reach home, there is no energy to love you. You're so tired. Just want to hit the bed. It's difficult sometimes. It's not that your wife is not a nice person. It's just that there's no energy to express love. Sometimes you're tired. You're just caught up with so many things. But Bible commands, husbands, Love your wife. But if suddenly when you come home and guest is there, if there is a guest, no matter how tired you are, how loving you will be to your wife. How are you? You're okay? All okay today? (laughs) If guest was not there? When Jesus is there in your marriage, the way you behave with your wife will change. It will be good. When Jesus is there in your marriage, the way you behave with your husband will change. The Bible says, wives, honor your husbands. Respect your husband. Sometimes you are in no mood to respect him. Because sometimes you are in a bad mood. Not because your husband did something wrong, but because you read something somewhere, someone ill-treated you, suddenly you remembered how something had gone wrong long back, who was a friend of your husband. so, when your husband comes in, you look at him, you are. But if there is a guest in the house, oh, Anna is come. Anna, give me the helmet, Anna. Give me the key. We'll have tea. Little sugar, more sugar. If guest is not there, tea, how much you'll drink? All are laughing, but, but some tears are coming. You know, the point is, when I got married, I was shocked because I got married to a girl. I knew God wanted me to marry her. I didn't know her personally. It was an arranged marriage, but I knew it was God's will. And, and she was praying for me over five years. She didn't meet me. She didn't know me. But God spoke to her. There's a boy like this. Pray for him. So she started praying. After one year of prayer, she got to know who I am. And uh, because I had gone to her town to preach, and then God told her, this is the boy for whom I told you to pray from last year. So then she began to pray for me, knowing who I am. So four years she prayed like that. And then we get married. And I was shocked. I didn't like her after marriage. And she was surprised. She said, you're such a good guy on the stage, you're a hopeless fellow down the stage. (laughs) I mean, she didn't say that, but She didn't say it per se. So we struggled. The first month of our marriage was really bad. And and we went through so much struggles. And uh, many nights, you know, after prayer, after ministry, after helping people, I would come home, have dinner with my wife, and then just be quiet and... When she, I'm sure she's sleeping, I would get up, sit on that cold floor and cry out to God in another room. I would cry out to God, God, why did this happen to me? And I, I'm sure she's a nice girl, but she's not meant for me. I mean, why did you put us together? We're so different. One night, you know, while I was crying and praying like that, I felt someone do that, you know. And I knew it was her, and she was crying. So I, I, I searched, room was dark, I searched and I felt her and I held her hand. And we both prayed together and said, God, you put us together. And things began to get better. See, just because Jesus is there in your marriage doesn't mean problems won't happen. It only means problems won't last. He will turn the situation. He will change the situation. Today, today, for, me, today for me, my married life is far more fun than church ministry. I enjoy my marriage far more than ministry. I know for some of you, you might think, oh, that is too outrageous, but that's just scriptural. When I read the Bible, I find my, I find my Bible saying your family life is more important than your public life, you know. This is, okay, go ahead. So <clears throat> this is what I do because of the call God gave me, but uh, what matters As much as the ministry, is my family life. And I think it's so important that I come and stand here with a background of integrity. And so that's important. Invite Jesus to your marriage. Now, those of you who are not yet married, never love unless it's for marriage. Love only for marriage. I'll repeat that again. Check if the fellow is worth marrying, then love. Don't love and say, no, what to do? I have to marry. (laughs) See, you're traveling in one direction. You're going somewhere. GPS stopped working, but you are going. Then after five kilometers, GPS comes on and says, oh, wrong route, rerouting. Will you say, array, five kilometers over, let's go on. Will you say, so what if it's wrong route? So what if I'm reaching some other place? You will say, oh, five kilometers, turn around. Don't say, oh, two years I'm with that girl, two years I'm with that boy, now how to change? When you know you're on the wrong track, change. I'm already married, continue. (laughs) Don't apply brakes now, just (laughs) pray and continue. Unmarried people love. Not going to say what I was thinking. Love. Love only what is qualified in character, commitment, competence. Don't love for pleasure. Don't love out of mistake. Keep your romance out of every relationship until you are sure that's the guy I want to marry. Then, that's the girl I want to marry. Then you love that person. Until then, keep it off. I'll say something very sincerely. It's better to be a single and happy than to be miserably married. Until you find the right person, live your happy life. And once you are married, you will live a happier life. God has given us the power to change. Husbands, don't ill-treat your wife. No, give her honor as a weaker vessel. Woman, honor your husband. Homes are supposed to be a reflection of God's goodness. And it can be that way if you make the effort. It's not very difficult Some people think only love marriages will last Arranged marriages don't last Love marriages don't last A marriage where people love one another will last And that's what is required A willingness to change Let's close with one verse, I'm done Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18 Now the Lord is that spirit And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is Liberty, verse number 10, no, sorry, 18. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. From glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, when you study the Word of God and when you find God's instructions for you, let the Holy Spirit speak to you and you don't realize it, but you're changing. You're changing from weaker to better. The Bible says from glory to greater glory. There is a transformation happening in your life. I challenge you today, the next one year, studying this second week of July, till the second, Ju- second week of July, 2023, try studying God's word, allowing the Holy Spirit to change you. Next year, this time, you will be at a much better level of life in every aspect, because nobody can look at God's glory and remain the same. Go ahead, give God a big hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah Our eyes are closed Our heads above down As we say Lord When I study your word Let me not search for things that Are casual But let me search for things in your word That lead me to be more like you To be more efficient To be smarter To be more anointed To be more victorious That your light will shine stronger in my life Hallelujah Let me learn to love in purity. Jesus, you are the word that became flesh. And I honor you today. You are God who created everything by the power of your word. Some scientists may call it big bang and whatever else, but the fact is you spoke and by the power of your word, everything came into existence. We worship you, master. Thank you that you love us That you are not some Emotionless power But you are a God of love That you care for each of us If it's all right with you Shall we take a minute to pray And as an expression of surrender As an expression of worship Shall we lift both our hands and say God, today I surrender to your word I really believe in your word I choose to believe your word I choose to trust your word, reveal your glory in my life, reveal your greatness in my life. Let me continue to be changed into your greater purpose and plan for my life. I thank you that you are a good God. I thank you for your love for my life. Hallelujah, let's put our hands down, let's pray. Heavenly Father, this beautiful day, we wanna say thank you a million times. Thank you that you made everything so free that whoever believes in you shall not perish but have everlasting life. Help us that our belief in you will reflect in our character for you. That our belief in you will really change our behavior for you. Help us, oh God, to honor you. We love you today. We worship you today. We thank you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I believe that you are blessed. Please connect with us for prayer or counseling. Please do call us or visit our website or visit us. The details are given in the description. We'll be glad to serve you. Do subscribe so you can receive the latest podcast to encourage you in your journey in Christ. Please do share it with your friends too by clicking the share button. We are praying for you. God has great plans for your life. Thanks again for participating, listening. God bless you.